0: about another anniversary we had an anniversary yesterday i'm curious we have so many kids here how many of you know what happened 20 years ago yesterday okay how many of you if i were to say september 11th 2001 could tell me what happened on that day okay lots of you but some of you may not know Well, 20 years ago yesterday, I was doing dishes at home. And all of a sudden, the phone rang. And um, I went and I answered the phone, and it was my grandma, Grandma Walter. And she had, her voice was very disturbed and troubled. And um, she said that an airplane had crashed into the World Trade Center Well, if you didn't know, I don't know much about New York City, and so when I heard World Trade Center, I thought she meant the U.S. Stock Exchange. And so um, I was responsible for spreading the news through the house that an airplane crashed into the New York Stock Exchange. And um, little did I know. And so that's what I told everybody. Well, in our house, we didn't have a TV, but we did have a camcorder. You know what a camcorder is? You guys probably don't even know what a camcorder is, you know, because nowadays we use cell phones for taking videos. But a camcorder is just a little machine that makes videos. And it has a little bitty-itty screen on it about that big. And, And so we didn't watch TV, we didn't even have a TV. But we did have a TV antenna that we could plug into our VCR player, and then we could plug the camcorder into the VCR player, and then we could take the antenna, and one person could stand over here and hold the antenna up on the couch near the window so we could try to get a signal so that we could see the TV signal on a little camcorder screen. And so um, we went down to the basement, we found the camcorder, got it plugged in, got it hooked up, and we started watching on that little screen... Images from New York City of the World Trade Center burning. And um, I remember one of my smart older siblings said, That's not the New York Stock Exchange. They were right. I didn't know what I was talking about. But um, that day, we watched and we saw another airplane crash into another tower. And then we had a busy day to go on to. So we closed up everything, and actually we had, a, we had a ministry at a nursing home that day. And um, we went to uh, across town to Elkhart, and we went and we sang songs and played music, and I did a, I did a chalk talk, and um, it was one of the strangest crowds I ever did a chalk talk for. Everybody was just quiet. There were some people who were crying, and we didn't know the full event of all that had happened, but as the day progressed and we got home and started to hear things, and even there in the nursing home, they had TVs on all over the place, everywhere. We would heard that those towers had fallen down. People were trapped. People were crushed. It was a sad day. We know now, time goes by, that almost 3,000 people died that day, and many of them died because they were people who were going to help people. They were firemen and policemen who were rushing into the burning buildings to try to put out the fire, to try to rescue people. But to no avail, they all ended up dying. If I understand it right, only one fireman that went into that building survived was able to be rescued. In fact, he was the only one who was rescued in that collapse of the World Trade Centers. A terrible day. But in the past week, as I've thought back to that day, I can't believe it's been 20 years. And just even as I look out over the crowd here, how many of you have no recollection of that day at all? Because you weren't born. You weren't even here. Some of you were very young. What a day that changed so many things in our lives. Um, Even in that week, I remember things changed. But in this past week, as I've thought back to that day, I've thought of life. Did you know that the Bible says that our life is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away? Do you guys know what a vapor is? A vapor is when you light a candle and it's burning. You ever had a birthday candle? Whew, you blow it out. And when you blow it out, you ever seen how it has just a little bit of smoke that keeps going? Just for a second or two. Depending on the kind of candle, it may be longer, but generally it's just a few seconds and it just wisps and it's gone. The Bible says that our lives are like a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. You know how many people on the day of September 11th, 2001, went to work on that beautiful day having no idea that it would be their last day on earth? This is why also in the Bible, Moses prayed, Lord, teach me to number my days. I've always found that prayer strange. Do you know why? Because I don't know how many days I have. When I was a little boy and I'd hear that verse, or we'd read in in Psalm 90, and Moses would say, Lord, teach us to number our days. I, I used to think Moses must have been a crazy man. Because everybody knows that you, can't, you don't know how long you're going to live. None of us can say, I'm going to live so many days in my life. We don't know. But Moses wasn't a crazy man. That's why he was praying, Lord, teach us to number our days. It's not talking about all the days yet in the future to count them. What it's talking about is teach us to number today. And then when tomorrow comes, teach me to number that day. It's about numbering them, not to see how many you can get, it's about numbering them to make sure that you use them wisely. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 90. Now, most of the Psalms, many of the Psalms, I should say, were written by David. But Psalm 90 was written by Moses. And it's a fascinating chapter, actually, because remember Moses, when he lived in history? And before him, there lived some guys, like um, Methuselah and, and Adam These people who lived hundreds of years, well, there were some things that had begun to change. Even Moses lived to be 120 years old. But he recognized that there was a limit on life. For here in Psalm 90, are you there with me? Hannah, are you there at Psalm 90? Could you read verse 10 for me? Moses is recognizing life. Let me read it so everyone can hear it. The days of our years are three score years and ten. William, do you know how many that is? Three score and ten. Seventy, you're right. Three score and ten, and if by reason of strength, four score, how many is that? Eighty years. So we see here, even Moses, living to be 120 years old, recognized that he was a major exception. He recognized that the average lifespan was 70 years. And if you happen to be a particularly strong person, you might live an extra 10 to 80. So imagine if you're up in those years, you're in the, by reason of strength, and he recognizes that the life, life can be short. And even in that, there's this labor and sorrow and it's soon cut off and we fly away. That's a poetic way. In fact, even people wrote songs about it. The fly away speaks of the soul flying away to heaven. I hope your soul flies away to heaven. If you know Jesus and have believed in him and had your sins forgiven, your soul will fly away to heaven. He recognizes life is short. And so... He also recognizes that God is just. For in verse 11, he says, Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. God is righteous and will judge. And so in recognizing this, and knowing that life is short, and that there's not even a guarantee of three score in 10 years, 70 years, how many of you know someone who hasn't even made it, who died before 70 years old? I think everybody, every one of us knows somebody. But that's kind of the point. They're, they're, they, we don't live guaranteed tomorrow. We're not even guaranteed today. And so Moses says in verse 12, so teach us to number our days. Why? And for what purpose? And why do we need to be taught? That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom well what does that mean well our heart is where is the is the real me it's the person who's on the inside isn't it you ever thought about that you can make a fake person on the outside that people see but There's a real you on the inside. Right, Philip? Do you have a real you on the inside? Does Philip sometimes get happy on the inside? Do you? Do you sometimes get sad on the inside? No, you never get sad on the inside? Oh, what a life Philip lives. If all we could live in that place. Well, sometimes we get sad on the inside. Sometimes we're tempted to be selfish on the inside. Sometimes we're tempted to be lazy on the inside. Well, what Moses is praying is he's praying that the Lord would teach him to number his days, consider that life is short and that tomorrow's not guaranteed. And so where and what does my heart do? Well, he's praying that the Lord would teach him to consider the, sh- the shortness of life, the frailty of life, that means how, how fragile and how easily broken it is, so that he would apply, that is, live a heart that is wise. And wise means that you know what's going on in life and you arrange your days and you arrange, well, let's, let's start. You, you, you arrange your decades and, and your years and your months and your weeks and your days and your hours and your minutes and even your seconds wisely. That is, knowing what God wants of you and doing it. We need help in that. Did you know that? Because so often we live in the moment, and that's a good place actually to live because we we can't live in the future, and we can't live in the past. We only can live in the moment. But so often we live in the moment without giving thought that it's gone, gone. 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 You can't reclaim any of those minutes, any of those seconds. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. You can't get them back. They're gone. And so if you waste them or don't use them wisely, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. There are so many times when people get older and they look back at their life and they think, why was I so foolish? Being foolish is not wise. Why did I waste so many hours, so much time? And sometimes we don't even know what we wasted it on. We can't even give an account for what we wasted it on. Or, what's another sad part, and this is more, well, this is true for kids, because you've got to learn it as a kid, but really adults understand it more and, That is that um, we regret the priority of how we spent our days. The priority. So we need to pray every day. Lord, teach us to number our days. Teach us to take this day and count the moments, the hours, the day. That it be counted for God that it be a day spent and done wisely because none of us have a guarantee of tomorrow. Very unlikely. Would you realize an airplane could come crashing right into this building right now none of us would have any warning? That's the way it was 20 years ago in New York City. Nobody really had any warning or at least nobody had warning enough to do anything about it. So we're today using our minutes and our seconds wisely from the inside out. You see that? It's about the heart. It's about the heart. You know, how many of you ever heard of the Franklin Planner? The Franklin Covey System? Oh, lots of you heard of it. You know what? If you start with the Franklin Covey Planner, you're probably going to become... Mm, a cranky person. No offense to anybody who likes Franklin Covey and the the Franklin Planner. I actually love the Franklin Planner idea and concepts. But um, if you start there, you'll be a cranky person. Because everything is going to have to be one, two, three, four, got to do this, 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 this. But if you first apply your heart asking God to show you wisdom and how to apply your wisdom, then your Franklin Planner will help you in that. Or whatever system you may use. It may not be any system, but be careful. Be sure to number your days and that you may apply your heart to wisdom. Let's not be foolish with our time. So often we waste time and we let it be stolen from us. I have something here that I need a helper with. Elijah, can you? Oh, you've got somebody you can't help me. Hopi, can you help me? Can you give everyone one of these? Could you pass them out on this side here? Could I have a blank one there? I have a blank clock. You all know how to read this kind of clock, right? Nowadays, so many people switch over to digital clocks that um, it's, um, it's kind of interesting. I actually think this is a wise clock to know how to learn. You want to know how to read this kind of clock and use it. And one of the reasons is, is to help you have a conception, an idea, a picture of time and time passing. You can't always see that on a digital clock. You just see those numbers. And yeah, you could see them tick by. But when you have this kind of a clock, it gives you a visual reminder of time. Remember I talked about that? It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. And sometimes we lose track of the fact that it's gone. You know why? Because we look at the same clock every single day and it just starts over, right? But the day doesn't start over. Once the day's gone and it starts over, it's not really starting over, it's a new day. And so how do we use it? How do we use it? Have you ever looked at your day, thought about your day, and you see these little 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 lines in here on this clock? Do you see the little lines? Have you ever thought about buying minutes? Wouldn't that be great? How many would like to buy minutes? I'd like to buy minutes. I'd like, most of you didn't raise your hands. Thank you, back there, kindred spirit, raising your hand. Oh, you thank you too. Yeah. We, we, we would love to buy minutes. Somehow we could buy minutes. And you might think, oh, you are crazy. That's why most of you didn't raise your hands, because I am crazy. You can't buy minutes. In fact, what's amazing about them is that every minute is a gift. Every minute is a gift that you have. You can't buy it, and you can't sell it. It's a gift from God to you. So, how do you use each minute? I mean, even we could go down to the very smallest number. Each second of every day. Can you buy it? Well, there's an interesting verse in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. Turn with me. Ephesians chapter 5. In this passage, it again talks to us about time, and it talks to us about being wise or unwise. Look with me here. I'm going to read verse 15, and then um, let's see, who would like to read verse 16? Any volunteers or do I have to call on somebody? Brother Ray, I'll read fifteen, then Brother Ray read sixteen. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Did you hear the verse that Brother Ray read? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, you might hear me read that verse and see that there in Ephesians and go, wait a minute, pastor, you just said we can't buy time. Doesn't it, when you redeem time, doesn't that mean you buy back time? It does. So how do you buy back time? Think about it. How do you buy time? back time you know what the answer is use every one of your seconds wisely wisely every second use wisely that's how you redeem the time let me give you an illustration how many of you have ever done dishes Oh, you all better raise your hands. Otherwise, if you don't, William, have you never done dishes? We've got to have you start doing dishes. Have you, have you done dishes? How many of you done dishes? Oh, good, good, good. We've all done dishes, right? I hope we've all done dishes. Now, think about when you do dishes. Have you ever done dishes where you fill the sink up with water? And then you put your hand in there with the washcloth, and you twirl it with your finger, and you watch it, and you make whirlpools in the water, and you watch it, and and you splash in the water. Huh? Is there another thing we do in the water? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's another place, maybe. Now, I want to be clear. I want to be really, really clear to start off here. I am thoroughly convinced that God wants us, in redeeming the time, to spend time relaxing and enjoying life and exploring life. What I've described about that that dishrag in the sink can be a part of exploring It can be a part of learning about water and about God's creation. But probably not while you're doing dishes, or at least not until the dishes are done. Now think about it. How long does it take you to do dishes? (laughs) That depends on how many people are at the table. It depends how dirty they are. It depends what you ate. It depends uh, how, how, how well people clean their plates. Uh, it depends on all kinds of things, doesn't it? But do you think that you can waste time doing dishes? Well, so, if you want to redeem time, you, you, you buy back those seconds, those minutes, And working quickly, not sloppy, and and not in a way that you're breaking dishes. You can't can't be breaking dishes, and you can't be sloppy. You have to do a good job, and you have to do a good job without breaking things. But do it quickly. And playing is for another time. Normally. There are some times that you know that you can do dishes leisurely, and it's a good thing, especially if it's building relationships, and you're having good conversations with those who are helping you. But there's other times where you just get the job done. That's redeeming the time so that you can go on and do other things. And you know what? Dishes is just one little teeny chore, one little tiny thing. How about homework? How many of you have homework? I even have homework of different kinds. We all have different kinds of homework. But have you ever seen the homework sitting there? I don't want to do homework. I don't want to do my seat work. I don't want to do my school work. And you just sit there, sometimes just staring at it, sometimes doodling. You know what doodling is? Drawing pictures on the side of the paper. You think you could redeem time doing homework, doing schoolwork? Yes, there's little times we can buy back, we can buy back. I did something with my kids this week. I took the clock, the clock that you guys have here, and I colored it, but all the colors have a meaning. See, the blue is for school and music practice. The green is for food prep and eating. That's pretty important, right? you got to make food and you got to eat it. And um, the pink is for chores, you know, like doing the dishes, sweeping the floor, mopping the floor. Oh, and there's normal chores like cleaning your room and washing the dishes and sweeping the floor and cleaning the counters. But then there's also special chores like mowing the lawn. So you have all different kinds of chores, regular and special. Oh, and I've got orange on here. That's for play and fun reading. Because, you know, sometimes my kids actually like to read rather than play sometimes. So the orange is playing and fun reading, and the purple is color for devotions. And you know what? It was kind of interesting putting this together. Because we took the 12 hours, and with electricity and the way that our lives work, we generally get more than 12 hours in a day. You know, we don't all sleep 12 hours. Some people do. Joanne sleeps 12 hours, doesn't she? But um, she sleeps more than that. That's a good thing. But we have all this time. How do we use each moment, each minute? Now, one of the interesting things about this is, is that one of these hours here, see, this is like 12 hours. I didn't take this as minutes. This is 12 hours. See that? That's the thought here, 12 hours. So each one of these little lines here is about 12 minutes, not just a minute, it's about 12 minutes. And that all flows together on the chart. So here I've got an hour for math. It would take me an hour to do math, probably, if I were one of my kids. Because you know what, math is hard. And, and, and it's interesting because it's, it's hard in different ways. I think math is really, really beautiful. You know why? Because there is always a right and a wrong. And I like that. I like that about things, when there's a right and a wrong. And so I like that about math. But do you know why I hate math? I shouldn't say I hate math. I love math, but yet I struggle with math. And the reason I struggle with math is because it is either right or wrong. And in my perfectionism, I have got to get it right anything other than right is wrong and is very disturbing to me. And it's very disturbing to me. Whereas, when it comes to, like, writing or literature, that kind of aspect in writing or or language, oh, I love that. Because so many times, it doesn't really... I mean, it matters, and there is a right, and there is a wrong, but it's so subjective. This week, I was writing an amendment, working on writing an amendment to the proposed Constitution, and... um, I I wrote it and then I went and I went for a walk and um, while I was walking I kept going back and thinking over that amendment I wrote and I think I spent a whole lap around the building trying to decide whether I was going to use, you guys are going to think me crazy but I'll tell you the truth I think I spent a whole lap debating whether or not I should use the word on or upon (laughs) Silly me But you know what, in the end, it doesn't really matter. And thankfully, I was walking and getting something else done in the meantime. But see, we have these things. But you know what, even I need to be careful in my side of things because I was having this discussion in my head about whether or not it was better to use the word on or upon and thinking through the difference on it. And you know what, I could, well, actually, it kind of pricked me because I was thinking about this sermon and then I was like, wait a minute, did I just redeem that walk? Was I redeeming that walk? Does it really matter whether or not I use the word on or upon? Well, it depends on who you are and how picky you are on things. But in the end, really, no. In that particular context, it didn't make a difference. I needed to redeem the time. I needed to be thinking about something else. And for me, that happens a lot i got to be thinking about something else. But thinking about the math. Sometimes we struggle on things, and we think over it, or we don't even apply our minds to think, and time just poof. One way you can redeem time is, you know, here you may have a lot in an hour for math, and, and that may be what it takes some people to do math. But for some people, they may be able to do that math lesson in 20 minutes. Boy, are they smart. Well, they get an opportunity to redeem that extra 40 minutes to use for something else, hopefully something else that's wise. And it might be different with different people, language, or other studies. You may be able to do it faster. Now, in our house, we have a rule about music practice. you just keep practicing and you practice for your full time put in. There's no shortcuts on that one there. That's a time issue at our house. But, you know, history may be faster and slower for different people and science may be faster and slower. And the goal is, is not to be sloppy, not to be careless. My mom tells stories about when I was in the, in the third grade that I went through the math book blazing fast and, and everybody was so impressed at how smart I was until they went and looked at the answers, and I got all of it, most of it, wrong. So just because I did it fast, I wasn't really redeeming the time. I was actually wasting time, because I was just filling in numbers and guessing. I give myself a break, I was only in the third grade. But, do you see how we can redeem time? Buy back those little bits by being focused on how we do our chores, how we do our schoolwork, how we do everything. And we're talking about kids here, in home, and particularly in this context, I think everybody here this morning is homeschooled, and so there's a little bit of a structure here that you can have. Um, that doesn't mean that you take your, if you're, watching, if you're doing video school, it doesn't mean that you speed it up, although I will confess um, there was one time when I was doing a video course for college, and it was the boringest course I had ever taken, and I knew almost everything the professor was talking about, and I was watching his lectures, and I put them on triple speed. <laughs> I watched all the lectures at triple speed. I, now, kids, you may not have the wisdom to know when and not to do that, but sometimes that's actually a way of redeeming the time because you're able to get it. In fact, a lot of your audio apps... Um, and so forth, allow you to actually speed up or slow down, typically speed up, to, to help get that data of information faster. But there's something else I want to note on this here. Notice I, I actually put time on here for, for play. Isn't that exciting, Micaiah? Did I schedule play in this 12 hours? Oh, look at him. He's looking at it like it's going to be all this hours. Well, play can be a good thing in a right way. And it should be in the plan. But sometimes we complain. I never get to play. I'm always doing schoolwork and chores. How many of you kids have said that? Looky there. There's a few honest adults, too. I'm honest. I've said that. I've said that. Now, I may not use the word play, but, oh, there's all these things I'd rather do, but I just have so much work to do. Do you know sometimes that's true, and we have to restructure things, don't we? But sometimes it's true um, because we're not really actually doing chores like we should or doing schoolwork like we should. And we're wasting all kinds of time. And so indeed, there is no time to play. Or what's even sadder is sometimes that we've wasted so much time that when God gives us an opportunity to do something, to show love to someone, We're so busy because we've wasted so much time and now we're busy catching up that we're not available to do something that God has just put right in front of us to do. And oftentimes, especially for adults, we rationalize not doing it because we're busy. When sometimes if we had structured and numbered our day, applying to our heart's wisdom, we would have been ahead or accomplished and been able to do that, which God brought along. And sometimes, perhaps some people in this room are so diligent. Did you know that there's actually a way of being a workaholic, Uh, of of being so hardworking and always working that it becomes a priority issue? You may be a hard worker and doing all kinds of things and being very productive, and that may not be your problem. Your problem may not be that you're lazy or wasting time. Your problem may be that um, you're working and focused so much on sometimes the wrong things. And you, too, need to number your days so that you may not have a problem with wasting time, but you may have a struggle with applying wisdom to your heart, in relationships. There's some men and even women who will work, 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 and never spend any time with their wife or their children or very little. Well, that means you have to restructure. You have to change too. You, you, it may not be because you're lazy. It may be because you're actually so diligent you just have too much. So all these things we need to indeed pray to God, teach us to number our days, to look at the things we have to do, and the things that we want to do, and the things that we need to do, all in perspective, and apply them in wisdom. That's what it means, too, in redeeming the time. Here it says redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, that can mean that There is an evil day when an airplane comes crashing into your building and kills you. cuts you short and you don't get to accomplish everything that you didn't have time to do. But yet, we don't, there's no such, we shouldn't really ever use the phrase, I don't have time. It's just not a priority to us because we all have the same amount of time. But how do we apply that. Knowing that the days are evil in the sense that it could be cut short because of evil in a moral sense. Or it's also an idea of the of the days are evil in the sense that there's trouble. There's trouble in life. Trouble in life. And, um, and so we have to every day be looking and evaluating our days and knowing that Things can come up that can cause trouble in our days that may derail us in our days, and we may have to shift and change things because of the trouble that may come into a day. Be redeeming the time ready for those times. And all of this comes back, you see again, about being wise. You see in Ephesians, about being wise. Don't be unwise, but be wise. Don't be fools, but understand. Notice that there in verse 17. Ephesians 5 17, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Knowing each day, Lord, what is your will for today? As you apply your heart to wisdom, know what God has willed for you. Seek Him. Oh, and by the way, just as a note here, it's interesting that immediately he continues on and says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So if you're having trouble with understanding and perceiving and planning out your days, well, one perfect start-off example is be careful with alcohol. (laughs) Don't touch that stuff. That's going to cloud your mind and waste a whole lot of life. But just as if you would not be filled with alcohol, be filled with the Spirit. Just as alcohol would dull your senses and mind and abilities... So the Spirit will give you wisdom and will fill you and will help you in going forward. And it's interesting, too, I'm not preaching Ephesians 5, but all this in context, it goes on talking about speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart. How often do we look at our day and go, "Mm, ah, my day, it's all full, it's all overwhelming, I'm just all overwhelmed. We do that someday. i got so much to do. You know how hard my schoolwork is? I've got all these, all these chores. Oh, and you're still kids. And sometimes we grumble, we complain, because we look at our day and it's all grumbly. Well, I think that Ephesians 5, following right along here, sets us in a framework of mind, looking to our days with joy. There's another scripture that you may see there on your little sheet, down there in the bottom corner. It's a question, are there not 12 hours in a day? Work for the night is coming. Do you know who said that? Elijah, who said it? Jesus said it, you're right. If you turn your Bibles over to John chapter 11, it's actually an interesting context. It's actually really an interesting context because it's actually about timing, scheduling. Isn't that a surprise? But it's actually dealing with timing of healing a sick man. And Jesus actually delays the sick man. It's healing. It's actually about Lazarus. Remember, Lazarus was sick, and the messengers came and told Jesus Lazarus was sick. And Jesus purposely did not travel to see Lazarus, but he waited on purpose. And he said later that he waited on purpose so that God could be glorified. But then when he actually did start on the journey down to Jerusalem, there were some people who were like, oh wait a minute, Jesus. There's a lot of people down in Jerusalem who do not like you and will kill you. Don't want to go to Jerusalem. And you know what Jesus brilliantly replied to them about? Is, I'm going to do... What I need to do. And he cited this principle when he said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? John 11, verse 9. Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things saith he after he saith, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Well, he's describing here that it's in day, we can go forth and do this. And in another place he says, are there not 12 hours in the day? Work for the night is coming. There's two aspects of this. The, The primary one is, is look at your day, Work. Work. Now, that work may be working hard and labor. That work may be preparing food for you and your family to eat. Um, That work may be your school work. Different people, the work is different. And again, we all, though, have 12 hours. Do we use it? Are we working knowing that the night cometh? Some of you may have a problem I have, and that is that you have so much work and so many things that you fill up the 12 hours and you go into the, the nighttime hours. That's not good. Because we need sleep too. So it tells us uh, that the Lord giveth his beloved sleep. He says that it's vain for you to rise up early, to stay up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. We need sleep too. So sleeping is good too, but too much sleeping is laziness. You see how we have a balance in all of these things? You see why we need to apply wisdom? Work is good. Too much work is bad. Sleep is good. Too much sleep is bad. Do you see it? That's why we need wisdom to be applied in our hearts in numbering our days, applying wisdom, and walking wise. So I tell, I encourage you. There's different ways you can use this piece of paper. Maybe just use this piece of paper and put it um, nearby when you plan your day, or maybe you don't plan your days and put it somewhere to remind you to plan your days. Um, And as you do, may it be a reminder. You notice there's no hands on it? That's intentional. There's no hands on it. It's, It's blank. How would you fill it in? If you were to color it up, what would it be colored, and what would those colors mean? What would they stand for? Would it be redeeming the time? Or would it be a fool's clock? We want a wise clock. We want a wise life, not a fool's clock or a fool's life. So think about your days. Number your days. Look at these verses here and look up the passages relating to them and seek the Lord in your day-to-day lives and glorify Him. And in all of this, let me go back to where we started. Life is a vapor. Are you ready to die? Or are you ready for Jesus to come back? We don't know when he's coming back, but he's going to come back just like that in the twinkling of an eye. Are you ready to see him? When you see him, will you be a child of God? One who has believed that Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose again? Have you believed in him and trusted in him to take all your sins away? To forgive your sins? So that when he shows up, you're ready to go with him? Or if in some way you were to die, even today, are you ready to die? Would your soul, would you, as Moses described it, fly away to heaven? Or would you wake up, as the rich man Jesus told about in comparing to Lazarus, in a place of judgment, the lake of fire, hell, Do not delay, believe in Jesus. Trust in him. He said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, believing in his heart, confessing with his mouth, shall be saved. Don't delay. And then we go on, knowing that death may come at any time, Jesus may come at any time, And we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as we order our steps, as we walk circumspectly, as we understand what the will of the Lord is, as we number our days, as we allow God to teach our hearts to apply wisdom every moment of every day for the glory of God. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your instructions that you've given to us in your word the bible may each and every day we trust and obey you indeed teach us to number our days that we may our hearts may apply wisdom may we seek you for you have said that if any man lack wisdom he may ask of god you who gives liberally, abundantly overflowing. So today we ask you for wisdom, and we trust you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.